0: This week's guests are Dave Nitzel and Dave Domzalski, who are the authors of the book Hospitality DNA that was released earlier this year. Dave and Dave interviewed elite and award-winning industry talent from around the globe to find out how they operate in the bar and restaurant business. Together with the interviews and their own research, Hospitality DNA is a compilation of storytelling chapters of great challenges and achievements woven into meaningful business lessons. We talk with Dave and Dave about their long history working together, how they came up with the idea of this book, the challenges encountered along the way, and the many lessons learned. We had a great time speaking with Dave and Dave, and make sure you check out their latest book, Hospitality DNA, available in hardcover, ebook, and in audible format on the usual sites such as Amazon, Kindle, Apple Books, or check the show notes for all the links. Thanks again to Dave Nitzel and Dave Domzalski for sending us a copy of the book in advance and for being great guests. Enjoy the show.
1: All right. We're back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm Kip. This is Dan. What's going on, man?
0: Oh right, yeah, well, still hanging out, being awesome. No change there. Yeah, Same thing as always. Yeah. Uh, uh, during the last <laughs> couple of weeks of the summer while the weather's kind of warm. Yeah. What about you? How are things going with you? Summer's still uh can't wait for it then. Oh uh, yeah. People start going to staying in town and going to bars again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah, you definitely notice the highways. Well, at least going to work in the morning here, it's uh, definitely I can get there on time now. Yeah. But uh, that'll change in about two weeks' time well, when the, all the students come
1: back. That's what we need. Yeah. So yeah, bad for you, great for me. Yeah. Well, well, first world problems. <laughs> it, exactly. Exactly. And if you are coming back into town in uh, the fall or sticking around, you should check out some of my businesses. There's uh, Sugar Run, downtown Kitchener, the speakeasy. We have burlesque at the last Friday of every month. And uh, we have stand-up comedy every Wednesday featuring Olivia featuring Olivia Stadler from Letter Kenny. So you want to check that out. Uptown, it's Babylon Sisters Wine and Spirits Bar. And uh, we have DJ Bain every Friday night. DJ Nana at the end, uh, at the last Saturday of every month. And we have DJ Penny every Thursday starting next week. So stay tuned for that. And then, of course, if you're in the Preston-Cambridge area, the place you want to be is the Argyle Arms. Live music Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, trivia nights, and Sunday, starting this weekend, is uh, music bingo. So, Yeah. You're going to want to check all of that out. Great new menu there from Chef Dennis Hernandez. It was on the last show, actually. I think that's about all I need to, talk, all the self promotion I need to do before. Yep. Yeah, it's about it. Eh? Yep. <laughs> we should just mention that if you like what you're hearing on the show here, subscribe, rate, review helps a great deal. And always, a, as always, a great big shout out to Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co for the fabulous work he does for us on the Instagram page uh anything else you want to blabber about
0: no i got uh not too many first world problems this this week so that's good for a change yeah all right
1: it's
0: it's opposite yeah
1: so let's bring in our guests they are the co-authors of the book hospital hospitality dna dave nitzel and dave domzalski uh mr domzalski is coming from miami mr nitzel from atlanta thanks for joining us gentlemen pleasure Pleasure to be here. here Yeah, thanks a ton. So these guys were nice enough to send me the book to read, which I did devour a few months ago, and I thought it was super informative. Uh, Also, lots of great stories, lots of great interviews with some famous and maybe, like, certainly a lot of famous uh, people in the... If you're familiar in, with the service industry world, if you're not, you might not know all the names, but uh, it's worth a read anyway. Uh, so uh, before we got recording, I was asking you kind of, you guys kind of like how you are connected now. Uh, you wrote the book together. How did that come to happen? And also, uh, sort of, what is your role as a, uh, what are your roles as consultants now?
2: Yeah, I'll try to be brief. So Dave and I both own Barmetrics franchises. Barmetrics is a liquor inventory brand. So we find ourselves in bars and restaurants every single day. And we're both fortunate to have some really great employees that allow us the time to do some coaching along with the inventory work. And as things progressed in our businesses, we found that we had a little bit more time to coach and have conversations with owners that were meaningful just beyond hey what's missing in the business and and how do we get you some more profit which is obviously great we all want profit at the bar but we found we were having more in-depth conversations uh dave and i are also coaches in a program uh run by sean finter called accelerate that folks come in from all over the world for a, a two and a half day intensive it was leaving one of those intensives one time as a coach and i was thinking you know I'm learning so much alongside, you know, being a coach, uh, sometimes people think the idea is just to dispense knowledge, but you're also gaining just a ton from the the folks you're having conversations with. And I thought, you know, uh, there's a lot more to be done here. And Dave and I had that conversation and we said, hey, let's, uh, let's write a book together. So we wrote our first book called The Bar Shift. Um, and it was a surprise success. I think we invested about $1,500 in that book and it just sold all around the world. It's a real simple best practices book. So we did that work. And then uh, we, COVID hit, and and I needed something else to do. Dave had decided to start a couple other businesses with his wife, and I was mowing the grass three times a day, and I was like, look, I gotta, I gotta do something else here. And... um
1: beach uh, travel in the driveway.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. right. <laughs> So what we decided to do is take advantage of some of those contacts that we had made in the coaching program and and take the bar shift maybe to a whole nother level and explore the idea of what it really means to have hospitality DNA. We thought we were going to be on the sidelines for a while during COVID, and we were. I mean, it was, you know, it was really bad if you were a bar and restaurant. Dare I say, it was even worse if you were on the support side of a bar and restaurant wanting to count inventory. We had a really long tail in terms of getting back into action. Mm -hmm. So we decided to take on a really big, audacious three-year research project to define what it means to have hospitality DNA. And that's how we got here.
1: Mm -hmm. And how did you select uh, the people that you interviewed in the book? Like, how did you sort of curate the guys you wanted to, the men and women you wanted to talk to uh, and, like, sort of flesh out their experiences?
3: Well, we, um, we started out with, you know, we had a short list of people we knew um who who had uh, a ton of experience who are award winners already um one of the big one of the early ones that uh, we spoke with angus winchester um and and he sort of helped us you know align to other people i have connections to julio cabrera as, as dave as well um and and that's how we sort of started and each time we talked to somebody at the end of the conversation uh you know we would we'd always ask who else should we you know who should who should we talk to who's Who's somebody who you know exemplifies what we're looking to find? That actually, it took us a little while to get to the right question because initially, uh, initially we were we were looking to write a book on uh, what is hospitality on an international level. How has it changed for different places to go? Dave is a is a world world seasoned traveling bar uh, customer. He's he he has been to more places, uh, more bars than the planet than I I would probably hope to go. Um, and so we had this, you know conversation it talking to a couple of other friends that we we started to make along the way, um that you know, we'd want to do this international book about, you know, what's it like to have what's hospitality like in Australia versus Canada versus u s versus Hong Kong? And that fell flat. so as as that wasn't working, and i'm I'm leaving out some detail there because it's it's a it's a bit of a deep dive that might be boring. Um we've also figured out that, we had some some amazing content in how these people were achieving what they achieved. Um, and then we would just sort of like went to the question, tell us your story. How'd you get started? Where'd mm-hmm. you go? All this stuff. Um, and once we once we asked that question, there probably the started the second and third interviews, that's when we started really going, okay, we had about three or four. Of the beginnings is like just to, to hit. Uh, and then we said, okay, who should we talk to? Who's who's done this? You know who has stories and we just built a list and, and went from there and sort of reaching out and 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 getting all those there's one really fascinating person on the list that Nitzel dug dug deep into into LinkedIn um, oh. and just would not stop asking it's uh, Lil Lavelle of coyote ugly um mm-hmm. just said I need to talk to you I need to talk to you I she's like okay okay <laughs> uh, so there was that one too yeah uh, it would
1: I would we sort of found that most people in the hospitality industry are pretty. Um, open to like talk to yeah. talking, at least to us on the show and certainly probably for you guys for yeah. the book. And I think it's like a lot of people just don't ask, like, you know, the, people aren't asking people in the service industry if they want to tell their stories. So I find they're a lot more eager to do it.
3: And what what surprised me on that side, and by the way, Lil was incredible and has been, yeah. ever, She's just been crazy incredible advocate for us. She's an amazing person. Um, Almost, not almost, a lot of them. I don't know if it was all of them. Dave, you can remind me if you, if you have a better memory of it. But many of the people we talked to were almost surprised that somebody wanted to discuss yeah. what they'd achieved. Even though we're talking uh, Jack McGarry, the most award-winning pub in the world. Uh, you know, we've got Julio Cabrera's won so many, were, Salvatore Calabresi has a page and a half of, he's a, he's a maestro. He's a maestro, which is like a, 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 a it's a, a title in Italy. And still, they're like, oh, thank you so much. This is a, you know, why would you want to interview me? Like, because you're fascinating, you know? Yeah. Um, they're very, very, a lot of humility there. It's pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
1: And so you, you set out to write sort of one book and ended up kind of morphing into writing a different type of book. Talk, uh, just as a process question, how does that develop as you're like, at one point, you realize you're going to sort of switch stream and move in a different direction. And then we can talk about your Helix model and how you develop that.
2: Yeah, it was a little terrifying. So we started off down this journey and we had invited, you know, we had several interviews in the can, as they say, already. The question we were asking people, as Dave mentioned, was this sort of culture based on your geographic location and, and it just wasn't landing. Like there, it was a bad question because people couldn't answer it. So we were asking the, the wrong question. But the other thing we were looking for that we were asking to say, what's your superpower? What makes you special? People are reticent to answer that question. They just don't like to tell you why they're awesome, which makes perfect sense. So what they would do is they would sort of counter with what they believe in. So then we started getting these answers uh, that were kind of like their personal manifesto of of what, what they believe in and how they got to where they were. David and I would have this amazing conversation after what we felt like was a failed effort on our part. We didn't get what we wanted, but wow. And then it didn't take us that long. I mean, we're not completely stupid. So we did figure (laughs) out after about the fourth interview that we're getting gold here. Uh, Let's just mine it and let's go for what people are telling us. Like we don't, let's just write the book that they're giving us. Not, not the one that we feel compelled to write because, this was just a research project. Let's go where the research is taking us, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's how it morphed. So we were very open minded to where the information was taking us, and it was taking us down a path of hey, they're they're giving us insights into their their DNA, like what they're truly made of, what drives them, which was the that was so much more interesting what we were going to write anyway mm-hmm. and so that's how the metamorphosis took place and it, w- it was wonderful to be honest
1: so that's kind of like just a good tip to anyone else who's trying to write a book just uh go where the people are taking you rather than trying to force your idea into the book
2: it's almost like opening a restaurant you know you find the same thing it, yeah you know you can say hey i have an idea that i want to impose on the community or hey the community really needs something." Let's put what the community wants out there. And is it life so much easier? It's no different. Yeah.
0: And now, with you guys living in different states, does that make it a little bit more challenging to collaborate on that book? Or is it just got used to like collaborating online all the time?
3: No, not at all. As Dave said, after each, after each one of these calls, we would talk for upwards of two hours each time and take notes and so on. If we needed to, we do a call like this. A lot of it happened on the phone. He would write. He actually had to drag me through it. So So he mentioned earlier um in a good way he mentioned earlier that my wife and i were launching another business and it was uh my job was front-loaded with her i i wrote the business plan i'm the numbers guy um she had the knowledge on how to execute um and i had to you know do a ton of work up front so dave said hey man we're gonna write the second book we're gonna do the interviews i said i can't i i, I absolutely can't and he came back a day later and said well you're gonna uh <laughs> and uh, uh he's like look it, I, he said, I'll I'll do the front work and I know you'll catch up. And I did. So once, once I was in more, I was dabbling here and there. And I I was there for almost, almost all the interviews. There's a couple I couldn't make. Um, then it was, you know, I had, at first it was two, maybe three chapters or I think it was three chapters to write of my own, um, that he wanted me to, to pilot for certain reasons and I had to rewrite a chapter because we had somebody, uh, bow out. So to do a complete rewrite. Um, and then, once that once the editing started, that's where it became extremely collaborative. So the initial part was just fun having these conversations. My wife would be in the room, like that was fucking amazing. She would listen and like that was incredible. Like, God, you were talking. That was so cool. So we knew we had something outside of that we thought it was interesting. Uh, a person, she's hotels. The person outside of restaurants said, "Yeah, this is good shit." Um, by the way, glad I don't have to watch my language so much on this one. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely not. But <laughs>
3: uh, but it was it was the rewriting. Uh, and the editing that for me was more exciting and uh, odd to say exciting typing the keyboard. I would read his stuff and do some work. He would read my stuff and do some work. I would reread my stuff. He would read his back and forth and back and forth. And one of us would say, look, I'm stuck. I need you to take a look or whatever. Um, so because it's, you know, I think we met once, maybe twice in person. And and it wasn't as necessary as you would think it was, it was very easy to do virtually um most of it being on a keyboard and hey man i rewrote this i need you to read it okay mm-hmm. i read it hey i found these three things you want me to change? yeah just change it fix it whatever you got it and add your voice i'll add mine and 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 so on until it was complete
1: uh i'll get one more process question for you and then we'll get to like sort of the the meat of the book but like when
3: you're how when you're talking
1: about like oh you were writing one section other dave was writing another section how do you guys come to those um Decisions like who's writing which parts of the book. I just I might be the only one who finds that interesting, but I do.
2: (laughs) That's it, you know, uh Kip, that's a great question. Thank Um, you,
1: Dave. I appreciate that. (laughs) It
2: it really is. It really is. Um, Dave and I don't have a lot of ego in this. So um it it was literally Dave could write a chapter, send it to me, and I and I would say something like, Dave, uh, this is terrible. I need to totally rewrite this you get to keep your interpretation, but we need to make, this doesn't make sense in this respect. And and I would rewrite something and it would always come out better. And the reverse is true. I would send a chapter to Dave and say, Dave, take a look at this. And you say, Dave, like you have 12 run on sentences here. Like this right. doesn't work. This language doesn't work for the industry. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an industry outsider. So Dave, Dave helps guide me through some uh, potential pitfalls when it comes to The verbiage I choose, or the uh, lexicon of the industry, to make sure I have it right. I mean, I've been doing this ten years, but still, I feel a little bit like an interloper. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, what's really interesting, maybe the most fascinating part of doing a project like this, a research project, is how you interpret the data. So, you and all four of us could hear a story. Let's say we hear someone's life story and and what they determine to be what they consider to be the keys to their success. But you have to sort of pull it out of the story. They don't just say it. It it comes in nuggets. At the end of that, you have to decide, hey, what's your opinion of what we just heard? What was the most important points, do you think? And you have to be able to delineate between what struck you and what would be most relevant to a larger audience. What What would impact others the most? So there's a lot of debate would happen, and we'd go back and forth on what we just heard, what matters the most, how do we interpret that? That's not that's not easy to do. Um, and I think for Dave and I, we have very similar uh, ethics and values. So that made it easier than we could just argue about a matter of opinion, but not where the book was going, if that makes sense. So um, getting to the helix points, we had some really lively debates in the end, more so than the chapter writing in the beginning at the end when we were trying to string it all together to define hospitality dna that Mm -hmm. was tough because that's what we were doing like it's one thing to write chapters and business lessons but then to say what do all these have in common you know that's what we owe the reader at the end yeah Um, that was tough uh and it's still open to debate you could read that and i we welcome it uh you and dan might read that and say you know what i come to different conclusions Mm -hmm. at the end of this and that's awesome like if you just read it and then come to your own conclusions No sweat. Like, that's fantastic.
1: So when I got your book, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it was about specifically. And I was like, oh, it's probably like, there's a lot of books about the service industry out there. A lot of them tend to be very similar. I was expecting more of a straight interview with just bartenders, much much like we do on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was kind of surprised once I got into it about how it's, it's almost a how-to manual on how to open your own business, if you look at it from that perspective. And it doesn't even necessarily have to uh, apply specifically to the service industry. Although uh, a question for you might be, do you feel like the service industry, opening bars and restaurants is different in a way than opening a uh like a retail shop or another kind of business uh because i've always found it to be a very like it's a business but it's very different
2: i think Uh, it's i think i'll jump first dave and then you fill in the blanks i come from outside the industry and so my that's part of my fascination is i'm i'm in awe of you guys and i don't (laughs) and i'm not kissing up i mean i really am I come from a place where I had responsibility for thirty three hundred stores, three billion dollars in revenue uh over ten thousand employees and but I was I had massive amounts of support everywhere i looked every uh every angle of the business was covered with a vice president of expertise in some form right. or fashion and then uh when I got into this, I was blown away that all that expertise landed with basically your local bar and restaurant owner, trying to be the real estate guy, trying to be the HR person, trying to be marketing, uh, trying to be operations, trying to be startup. Um, it's a ton. And I, I looked at that in awe. For me, that's a huge inspiration for uh, the writing of the books was to say, how can I take a little bit of what I think I know, not insult the industry and the people that are busting their ass, busting their ass and doing this right, But there's something there that I think we can share, and if I can interpret it right, and get that mix of what I did in a previous life, bring it in here in an applicable way, which is why Dave's vital to everything that we do, and then give it to someone like you, and you read it and go, yeah, you know what? This is helpful. That's it. If you you get one thing out of that, and go, that really helped, that changed the way I look at something, mission accomplished for us Mm. sorry dave i jumped in no
3: no, you're fine i would i would add one sort of uh, a sort of a side piece that's not a caveat it's a side piece in terms of small business uh i don't think i don't i think this applies to to many um and i could tell you i have several family members in different service industries um and my wife like i said in hotels i have an aunt who's uh she's in her 70s she started the largest massage uh, therapy school in, in michigan um and practice and she read she read the book. She wrote us a wonderful review on it. She said, You're wrong. This isn't a hospitality industry. This is service. Yeah. Anybody, um, and she didn't say we're wrong about the book, she said, just what you think it is. Yeah. She said, anybody in service, whatever that service is, this applies. And I would say, knowing what she went through as a business owner, it's it's similar to a restaurant owner. She had to learn everything. Um, her and her husband built an entire facility. It was a geo geothermic. They started in a TP, shit, you're not like literally a TP. Um, and went to a, a small house, and then they built the center. They had to learn every piece, contracting all that. So while while I I do have my own, you know, there's a place in my heart for the restaurant industry, and there's more complexity I think in it than any other uh, industry in the world in terms of small business, especially because you get past the service side, you still have you have to deal with food and spoilage and and constant customers, drunk people, and all that. Um, just adds layers to it. Um, I think that overall the journey and by the way, I'm really happy you noticed that in the book because it was designed at the very end we designed the chapters to flow in a way that's like this is the journey this is the story of you look mm-hmm. at it one person like um, yeah. gain knowledge, uh, you know build build your your vision and so on and then you know as you're starting to operate it's like pre-work operations and and so on um, yeah. but yeah, I think it does apply to it could apply to many different uh, industries.
1: Yeah, I agree as well. Uh,
3: And I I did
1: find as I was reading through it, I'm like, wow, like there were there were many times where I was actually reading it. And I was like, wow, I wish I had had this information when I started my first couple (laughs) of businesses. Right. And so I, I can't recommend it enough to anyone who's thinking about opening any kind of small business. Go get this book. But there were lots of times too, where I was like, now I'm on, I'm on my fourth business that I've opened now and I'm reading along and I'm like, yep, yep. That was sort of the, this is some of the stuff I learned along the way, but I had to learn it the hard way. So (laughs) it's great that you guys have given us a manual. So other people don't have to make the same mistakes, but let's talk about the, the uh, Helix sequencing and like uh, that model and how you came up with it, how you developed it for anyone who hasn't read the book yet uh, at the, pretty much at the end of every chapter, they apply this model to what they just talked about in the, previous chapter which i found super helpful so uh tell us how you came up with that
2: so it was themes coming out of the interviews so when when i first started off dave was present for the interviews but afterwards i had to do a lot of the analytics and figuring out of things so i i still have i got a whole bucket full of sharpies right here Um, and so i would color code themes um and I had a, my office was just covered in poster board with all these different colors. And what I looked for was like, for example, travel was orange. So I would look at this poster board and what did I see reoccurring colors coming out of all my notes and the things that just kept, kept coming up over and over became the themes. Now, this was before we decided to go with this sciency hospitality helix and all these things. yeah. yeah. And uh, and we found that there, well, originally we found three themes that were really strong that jumped out to Dave and I. And then the hard work was on the last two. And we had, uh, Dave called me on one particular occasion and, and had a eureka moment and we talked about it. And I thought he was right. And that was on the H. And then uh, I had one on the E, which we can talk about all these things. I just don't want to spoil the surprise at the end right but, yeah <laughs> so it was the 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 l the i the x of the helix which are the five reoccurring themes that we reveal at the end um it just those were the things that kept coming up over and over and over again and we said if uh the uh, large majority of everyone we interviewed kept coming back to these same things consistently um and they're not they're not connected We wanted a very global book, by the way, too. So these folks are all over the world. Mm -hmm. They're in different roles. We have bartenders and bar owners um, and brand ambassadors. We have a lot of different people in here because we wanted to be well represented because we think that's part of being, we think that's a big part of what hospitality is, too. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff being true, uh, we ran with the five things that just kept coming up in everyone's story or belief systems.
1: Yeah. And I think it's kind of I found it super helpful because it almost it's it's a I don't want to give people the wrong idea that it's like you're reading a textbook because it doesn't read that way at all. It's super fascinating. It's uh, you're reading like interviews with, like you said, incredibly interesting people from all over the world. But then you sort of tie this kind of science gimmick to it as a way of like giving sort of a like I said earlier, a how to manual on how to get this stuff done. So it kind of ties it all together. So it's sort of very entertaining and very informative at the same time, which is not always easy to pull off. So congrats
2: yeah. on that, guys. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. thank you very much. We um, That was a big deal to us. Well, we had time. So the folks right. we interviewed made storytelling easy. I mean, the journeys of these these folks, you've had uh, Kat on. I mean, the yeah. journeys are unbelievable. The hardest thing about writing this book, the, it was getting doing their journeys justice. Yeah. That's, that was also, I mean, man, you read it. I mean, some of these stories, there's heartbreak there's tragedy there's great triumph and success there's all these things in there um, doing that well that was the scary part we can dave and i can write business lessons um, we're coaches so in the end you know we have to be able to coach out what did we just hear about what did we learn how do you, how do we interpret that and then give it back to people in a way they can use that's the that's the beginning of the book and then the back end is what do they all have in common what's hospitality dna mean but We're not writers by trade. Mm. So it took a ton of work and some professional help (laughs) to get the, to really get those stories. I mean, I I think Dave and I both agreed when we set out to do this. We said there's two things that have to happen at the end of this. One is we have to do the people we interviewed justice, that has to happen. And two, we just need something we're proud of. If we Mm. sell one book, I don't care. As long as we do write by the people that volunteered their time, and effort and that it's something that we can hold our heads high at the end and say, you know what? We did that. And that that's it. Everything else that happens after that is just bonus.
1: Right. I was struck by when you mentioned the stories and some of the heartache and all that stuff, a lot of the, a lot of the stories, there's definite periods of failure in the uh, the interviewees, interviewees, yes, interviewees uh, a, a story and experience. And I was wondering, do you think that that's almost a vital part of uh, ending up with a successful business?
3: You know, Yeah, you know what, man? Um, it's funny you said, I had to fail a lot and I wish I'd had this book. If you'd had this book, you would have failed in different ways. Right. Um, yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes, I want to say it's, it's either Eisenhower's wife. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different versions of it that I've heard, but that's that's the gist. And now having having started three businesses, I've got you know Barometrics, i got the one with my wife, and I've got the the book with Dave, which is it is a whole business. We we yeah. have more going on around that. I fail constantly. I'm I'm trying new stuff. I'm busting ass trying to figure it out, and I fail at something. But you, then you learn. You go back. You grow. You do it again. Um, you shift it's it's almost like you know scientific method here's my hypothesis I'm going to try it out did it work yes great did it not work okay let's rework the whole process so I, I think it's a critical part of uh of becoming su- successful and I think I think if you asked any truly successful person on any level however you want to define that success if if they had significant failure along the way and they said no either they're lying or they are Oddly, i don't know the
1: one I, the, the, one, one, in that, yeah. huh? the mm-hmm. one in a million shot the <laughs> one in a million
3: shot one yeah. in, a, in a nothing man never yeah. happened again yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know what the, is it uh, uh branson richard branson he'll talk about it all the times like did i fail constantly mm. and that man's super successful
2: yeah what what's important to note kip is in the uh, i think in the helix which is part of the hot what we define as hospitality dna the eye is indomitable spirit right which is the inability to be defeated what is so special about these folks and uh, the ones that are the high achievers or let's call, we used award winners because we needed some point of differentiation. Right. So um, what was so unique about these award winners was they came through adversity. They have grit and tenacity and all that, but they came through it with a smile. Uh, They came through it with, um, with a spirit that, is somewhat hard to imagine, given some of the tragedy that they experienced. It it didn't affect um, it didn't it didn't affect how they felt about life, I suppose. And to see them just deal with it and move on and still want to give to others, they're just they just have a certain DNA where they want to give to others, make people happy, give those experiences. They live for it, mm-hmm. and I think it's an incredible trait. Uh, I'm not sure I possess that trait. I I can get a little pissy about things. These folks aren't, um, and we've been asked, you know, are they, uh, is it optimism? I'm like, it's not optimism. Because they do have, they do have a, um, there is a pessimistic side, but it doesn't, it doesn't show up in the business. It may show up somewhere else in their personal lives, but it doesn't seem to show up in the business. And I we found that fascinating because you're right you would find the reoccurring themes of failure overcoming it and you say well how do they do that well, that's how they do it they overcome it with a with attitude mm-hmm. there's the, i don't know another saying right is life is five percent about what happens to you and 95 percent about how you respond to it that mm-hmm. absolutely is in the indomitable spirit piece uh, of the dna
1: yeah it's funny you say that just even listening to you talk about that and sometimes it's hard to self reflect but like when i think about my experience in the owning the businesses it's uh, like it's just so hard all the time right because the margins are so thin in the service industry and it's like it's just really hard to make a go of each one and sometimes you can really feel worn down and you get negative thoughts and but then i when i enter my businesses and they're being run in the way that i that i visualized when i opened them then it's like it's almost like all that stuff washes off of you and it's hard not to feel positive. Like, look what I've done. You know? Yeah. 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 That's it. That is absolutely it. So I don't want to give away too much of the book, obviously, because we want people to buy it. Oh, maybe this is a good time to mention where they can get the book.
3: They can get the book on Amazon. It's available in hardback, paperback, Kindle uh, and in Audible. Uh, You can also go directly to Audible to get the book, the audio book.
1: Okay. Well, it's everyone. And I honestly, I'm not just blowing smoke up your asses. I really think everybody should go out and buy this book. If you have any designs on opening a business, or if you just want to hear some cool stories from people in the service industry. And I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do.
0: So (laughs) yeah, and I'll I'll post links to all to that in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to check it out.
3: And as a completely well. impartial third party, I agree. It's an amazing. <laughs> uh, I have no yeah. dog in this fight. <laughs> um, so I don't. Again, I, I don't. But uh, maybe it's
1: a little teaser to give people an idea, maybe who are not necessarily interested in opening their own business, or maybe they're not interested in the service industry. There's a really fascinating story that you guys tell about uh, an event you did at a racetrack, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you, I, I don't want you to give the whole thing away, obviously, but maybe you can give the listeners a little teaser of that story because it was hilarious. I'll, let, and, I'll, and I'll let,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'll let Dave, I'll let Dave run with it. But I will tell you, Kip, you have no worries. There's so much content in there, right, uh, yeah. You, you, yeah. Don't, so don't worry about. You okay, ask great. Away, and we'll answer away. Whatever and, you want to
3: talk about, you talk about. We'll answer any questions you got.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that uh, story. That goes it was uh, like I said, it was hilarious and tragic at the same time. So yeah it is
3: <laughs> To this day it hurts me, man. Yeah. Uh, so leading up to me moving to, to Florida, I, I knew this knew this guy and fascinating human being, a brilliant man, um, so many skill sets and without without I had to be careful what I say because we've changed all names and, mm. and so on in, in the in the book for good reason so he was setting up this event said hey man i need your help and uh and everything was going well he said i need you to design my my um my managerial strategy and and my uh, training book and cocktails and just set this i don't have the operational side to do it he had he had his own venue uh but it's a very small small bar inside of a much bigger entertainment complex so he didn't have a ton of experience with it and my first red flag should have been when about maybe a month out he's like, "Hey." Um, remember I said, all I need is this, well, I kind of need you to run and manage the whole thing too. Um, and instead of running, like should yeah. myself running away, I was like, sure, no problem. I got this. And, uh, you know, I talked to, I've been talking to Dave about it and to Nitzel about it. And he realized well before I did that, if I didn't have help, I was, I was up the Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the earlier times I talked to, to Nitzel, I said, look, man, I, I think I got this, not a big deal. It's only, 27 bar stage, uh, bar stations in the main tent, uh, you know, so we're just going to bring in, you know, 40 bartenders to rotate through and and train them from scratch inside of eight hours. I, I can, I can take care of this. And, um, you know, he told me I was, I was a fool. Uh, and so <laughs> he, I need his help. And I did. Yeah. Um, well, he didn't say I was a fool. He let me know carefully and, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, and thank God, by the way, thank God. Yeah. So as I, as I'm getting into the thing, I get there and, and um, the whole thing is, is a, is a disaster. I roll up the guy says, Hey, we got this house for you to stay in. Don't worry. It's a lake house. And I'm like, great. And so I roll up to the house and uh, he's like, pick a room. You're the first one there. Don't worry about it. Pick a room, whatever you want. I said, no, yeah, sure. And I, and I walk up and I, and I go through the house. There's no, Furniture anywhere, not a mattress, not a nothing. <laughs> I call. I say, "Hey man, um, where am I supposed to sleep?" And he's like, "Oh, the mattresses are in the garage. There's a okay. stack of mattresses that <laughs> look like they came out of like a, a flop house somewhere." It's uh, like, just pick one. I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Um, so I'm I'm calling this one like, "Hey man, um, I don't know about this." So as as we're as we're you know people are coming in or filling out the house, I also find out that a good. I don't know about ten or fifteen of the bartenders he got were uh, worked in gentlemen's clubs. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and so Nitzel's coming in from Atlanta with his wife, and <laughs> uh, I'm like, you might not want to stay here. Um, I don't know if I don't know if uh, if she would appreciate the the clientele in the house. So so we shifted out that again. More red flags coming in. The the eight hours I was supposed to have to train the staff turned into about a, a two and a half hour, you know, rush through. Um, because again, he said, Yeah, this is what's gonna happen. Find out at that moment, a huge brand, a huge liquor brand, uh had a tent across the way, didn't have somebody to run that and said, Hey, can you run this? I'm like, okay. So Nitzel shows up and um I'm I'm calling him. No, he doesn't show up. I'm calling him about every hour for the for the drive down from Atlanta to where we're at. Um, I'm like, dude, can you get faster? I know you have a, he has a Dodge Viper. I'm like, dude, fucking get your Viper. <laughs> Step on the gas. I yeah. need you here faster, man. It, it's a racetrack. You'll have fun once you get here. Yeah. <laughs> and he shows up and he sees it, it's a disaster. There's like, I don't know how many, how many guys were running security. It was like 27, 30 guys, maybe 10, 15 people. It looked like, it looked like prison guards managing the most, you know, high security, uh, <laughs> uh, prisoners, most dangerous people on the planet. <laughs> and so the, the beauty is he and I have very different skill sets, it, it's just vastly different. It's part of the – it's funny. You, you mentioned before we started, say, the partnership chapter, which uh, I'm very yeah. passionate about. Um, as, as Nitzel said earlier today in, in, this, in this conversation, our ethics and morals are aligned. We're very, uh, very clear on that, um, which you want to have in a partner. But our skill sets and knowledge bases are vastly different, which you also want. And that works out. I'm operational. I'm numbers. I'm organizational, all that. He's he's human people culture. So I have I have at the at that time when he got there, about 30, 30 women uh, at the bar, half of them are fighting with each other. They all come from like Ohio, Indiana, Florida, all these different states brought together, don't know each other. But there's cliques. There's like three that'll know each other, three here, three there. Not a good situation. I'm just like, dude. Fuck, I don't know what to do. Fix it. Walks around the room, 45 minutes later, comes back. He's like, done. It's fixed. We're good. I'm like, what the hell did you do? He's like, ah, I just talked to him. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so everything's going great. Now, as I, I mentioned earlier, the owner, uh, the, the guy who started this whole thing, one of his skills is, is marketing and being a personality. And he had been on the radio. He had been online. He'd been doing all this work to get this place to be packed. And we were getting packed. On Friday night, it was it was going really well. Um, we were pulling around, uh, by the, by the time the event was over, we were ending, ending up averaging somewhere around 50,000 a day for the three day event. And I want to say Friday and Saturday, were more like those are more like 70, uh, each. And then the, the less, the rest was made up on the ends. Um, and all this preparation went into it and everything's running smoothly. And for whatever reason, the owner started, <laughs> uh, he, for whatever reason, fuck, it was a party. So yeah. he starts drinking and running around the place and just grabbing people and talking to people and losing because, and he's supposed to be promoting those this whole time. And, and as this is happening, it just, it just starts devolving bit by bit by bit. Uh, first it's, Hey, you got to use randomly finds this woman. Hey, you got to slide her into the bar, met- uh, into the bar rotation. netzel handles that. He's like, uh, I'm going to deal with it. Um, and, 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 and various, various other things, you know, Bartenders are disappearing for whatever reason. Uh again, usually he's involved. So <laughs> finally there's this uh there, there's a, a bikini contest for, for you know, we were trying to talk him out of it. And he's like, no, it's gotta go on, it's gotta go on. Um <laughs> and what we did, we're like, fine, you know what? It, it's off on the stage, maybe 20, 30 feet away. There's this huge field next to our next to our our restaurant, which by the way, incredible. There was it was an asphalt slab a day before we got there. And I watched this thing be put up. And like I said, it's a full 27-station bar, TVs, kitchen in the back, cranking within 24 hours. It That's was crazy, amazing. All this yeah. work. Um, and this is about discipline, right? We did all this work up ahead and then it just fell apart because unbeknownst to us, Nizzo comes up and he says, Dave, um, where the fuck are my bartenders? I said, What do you mean? It's like, I think it was like five or six of them, right? Or maybe, maybe it was up to like 10 of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was it five, of five of them. Just five during the trade. We're about five, six deep. I mean,
3: six deep like- bar <laughs> crank it. We're, we're on our way to do, we were supposed to do, if you read the book, we were supposed to do 200,000 and we were on our way. Like, we were easily on our way. And all of a sudden, five bars disappeared. People are getting pissed. Uh, and he says, Find my fucking, gr-. he's pissed. <laughs> like, <find him. laughs> so, Turns out that we didn't know this. This is complete, shock to us. We knew the contest was going to happen. We were already like, ah, because there's other stuff, and I I don't want to give away too much of the story, but he took five of the bartenders and um, convinced them chemically uh, to get on stage. (laughs) They're done. They're a wreck. They can't come back. They can't work anymore. They're they're just out of their minds. Um, And that ended it. That was, uh, you know, there was a chunk of people who went to watch it. They kind of didn't come back. A bunch of other people left because they couldn't get service anymore um later on that night is i think that was the night when you were like dude i'm out i can't like he he was like i'm done there's no more to do here the bar is dead i'm gonna go sleep because we hadn't slept for 24 hours at this point no
2: i was working i was working 20 hour shifts and i'm not this this guy's too old to be doing that he he wasn't
3: he wasn't bailing he
2: was just no i wasn't just done yeah yeah i'll tell you Dave's leaving out, like, well, I am On <laughs> purpose! Yeah, yeah. yeah. We,
1: t- we, didn't want, we, didn't, we want him to uh, read the, the whole story,
2: story on the phone.
3: Hold on, me. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to,
2: to set the stage a little bit, too. So there's about a football... This is about the size of a football field space. There's seven... This guy's organized seven concerts. So we've got concerts go rotating through... Bands rotating through nonstop. When the concerts aren't going on, we've got uh, racing movies playing on a, a jumbotron... We have maybe the largest tequila brand in the world with a tent. Who they're they're completely pissed off at this guy because of an arrangement that he screwed up. Oh, and then this that. is a pop up that we're going to do, like Dave said, two hundred thousand in a couple days at one of the biggest race events in the world. And if done right, there's the contract to do two of the biggest race series in the world. You know, every week or every other weekend. So oh. you gotta you gotta. You got a lot of money on the line. And so the moral of the story is, it's really about, it's about discipline is the way we name the chapter, but it's really about motivations. And this Mm -hmm. guy was dealing with some stuff personally that he decided he was going to work through in this event, right? (laughs) Which had to do with divorce and women and some some payback, let's say. And he went berserk. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and look, um, uh, <laughs> the best laid plans of mice and men. This guy had planned this thing to the T. To the T. And you've and you've never seen a greater implosion in your life. It's so, so crazy
1: to think about because like the amount of work it must have gone into to plan the whole fucking thing and then yeah. just like not be able to keep it together. Win and
3: dine CEOs, executive <laughs> level people convinced people who thought like there's no fucking way, and he got them to believe. Yeah, yeah. got them to believe, and then just all you had, to had do it. Was, like, do three more days, then we'll celebrate. Three yeah, more days.
2: No, <laughs> he had it. He and actually had a... it.
3: It's all about knowing when it's 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 time to to do your celebration. Having the discipline to see it through and. Man, I, I watched him. He was having a blast. He had a great time this week.
1: fantastic time. Yeah, but maybe if that's what you, the experience you want, maybe just go to the festival rather than <laughs> organize the whole thing.
3: <laughs> that would work better.
2: You know what, Kip? That is right. And here's what... <laughs> you're on to it. So he yep. had done that like his whole life. So right. he was a local. And so for the locals, it was kind of like the local Mardi Gras this race was. And then you had your race, sort of hardcore race fans. So he wanted to be the king of the local party. For yeah. what? Like this was, uh-huh. this was. I've seen wasn't? it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's what happened.
1: Uh, crazy. Well, again, the book's Hospitality DNA. You're going to want to pick it up at all the locations, anywhere you can get a book, I guess. Um, but before I let you guys go, obviously there's a, just a ton that anyone reading this book it can learn. Um, I would like to know what each of you felt you learned. Like, give me one thing that you specifically learned that was super valuable What through the writing of the book. I'll go first, Dave. You go yeah.
2: first. Yeah, yeah, you go first. <laughs> if it was, that's a great, that's a great question. That's a wonderful it wasn't, question. it wasn't just one thing. That's for sure. Cause there's a lot of, we're doing, I'm sure it's times, it,
1: but yeah.
2: <laughs> it is times we're yeah. doing, there were, we had a 60,000 word deal with the book and we, we were at 75,000 and our publisher was like, Hey man, you guys have to stop writing. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> we've, um, we've actually built some coaching and I'm not pitching anything because yeah. it's not even something uh, really that we sell. It's something that we do. So we've built some coaching programs uh, and some speaking engagements off threads from the book, like um, um, The Inception Archetype, which is one of the neatest learnings. I, I, I'm blown away by that in the book. It came from uh, Dave Kaplan and the Death & Code team. So that was like an operational learning uh, that I got from the book. The bigger answer would be uh, the willingness. This is an amazing... This industry is full of amazing people. And the the spirit of giving, the willingness to tell what's essentially a total stranger uh, your secrets to success, your greatest failures, your triumphs, just to open up like that. Coming a, a guy coming from uh, Fortune five hundred corporate America, that is not how yeah, we yeah. operate. <laughs> it Don't it's do that. Not it's not in our yeah. DNA. Right. And so to watch people do that for someone like me, I'm just. I'm in awe, like, I'm like, yeah. you know, so it it's part of what inspires me to write. Now, you guys probably like yeah. That's every day. That's all of us. But for me, I'm blown away mm-hmm. um, by that. And so maybe I had a hint of understanding of that. But after the book. Totally different, like just uh, amazed at the willingness to share and give essentially to the competition, like in Mm -hmm. a way, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's not how the industry views it. The industry views it itself as a community, not as competitive sets. And there is real beauty in that. So uh, that would be my answer. Um,
3: Yeah, I come from a very different direction. I've never. uh, Well, I worked corporate briefly, uh, Polk Audio doing speaker stuff as an engineer. So I don't have that experience. And and as Dave said, you know, that's something I would uh or we would be, you know, comfortable with. I that's what I knew growing through the industry is, is that's people they share. Uh I'd see owners sitting together, helping each other out all the time. Um, well, not all the time, but a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh for mine, I would extend the sharing thing. There's there's two there's two pieces. One small, I'm surprised or a little bit not surprised, but it was it was delightful to see and 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 not Um, yeah, it was a little surprising that we recently had an amazing, uh, gentleman by the name of Daniel uh, Nevievsky.
1: Yeah, we had Um, him on the show.
3: I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. I need to ask him. Nevsky. 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 Um, he read the book and put together this incredible post. I mean, he's putting his spin on our concepts, just amazing slides on Instagram and, I got people engaged in Europe uh, in our book and they're buying it. And when I'm like, Holy shit Ask for nothing in return. Nothing. Yeah. Um, And that was in, in, in watching and I don't know him. So I'm not making a comment on who he is. No. Um, But I see he's got 76,000 followers. I know, you know, he's doing brand repping and stuff. And to, to be like, no, I get money elsewhere. This is important. And that's what he said. This is important. That, that was, that was huge to see people, um, and more and more people saying, "You guys have written something important." Um, that's that's been. I don't I don't know if I can find the right word. Um, that's hit me in a very deep level uh, to my core, to be able to have created something that that people are holding up that way, um, and I have I have a hard time with with looking at that success and be like, yeah, I, I'm proud of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but but their comments are 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 higher or are, are are their their compliments are higher than I expected. And that comes out of the other piece, which is I didn't know I had the discipline to spend three years writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um and part of that hard. what's that?
1: It's fucking hard. <laughs> I've given it a yeah, shot.
3: part of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very aware, honestly, and I this is the last plug I'll do for partnerships. I don't think I would have done it or been able to continue through it without Nitzel. There were di- days when I'm like, Dude, I'm fucking tired. I can't do." it. He's like, "You got this. You can do it." Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, watching my relationship with him him grow, this is to to be open as we are in the industry. This is the first adult, like real adult friendship I've made outside of like actual work in my in my life. I had the last like really close friend I made I was fucking. I think it was my friend from eight years old or college. College is the last one.
1: Yeah. Sure, college, um, yeah, yeah. So that's
3: been. <laughs> It's been transferred. That's been a huge for me. It's been very, I talked to my wife about it the other day. So those two things together, it's, it's just the, it's a personal thing more. So So the outcome of, of what we've created is just, is hitting me in a way that I did. I never fucking would have imagined starting, you know, barbacking 20 years ago, quitting an engineering job, be like, I'm going to go barback. Um, mm. I never, if you said, man, you're going to write a book and people are going to love it and they're going to say, this is really important. And you're going to make a really close run out of it. Fuck you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you here.
1: Great. Well, I will say I, I echo Daniel's uh, sentiments. I know he put a little blurb on the back of the jacket as well. Uh, it is one of the best books I've read about the service industry. You guys did a great service here and it's not just for people who are interested in the service industry. It's not just for people who are interested in starting their own business. Uh, it's an amazing read, no matter What your interests are, but uh, specifically, but if you are in the service industry, it's a must-read. So, gentlemen, congratulations! Thanks so much for doing the show, and uh, yeah, keep us in the loop on anything that's coming up. So, (laughs) you guys got to keep writing. So, yeah,
2: thanks, absolutely, dude. Thanks for having
3: us. You guys, thank you again.